these past few weeks, we've, we've had a few meetings with the leadership of the church and trying to figure out how we need to structure all the life that's been happening, and that's how we want it. We want it. It's in the correct order. We're not trying to create anything so that we can have a successful church, functioning church. Things just begin to happen, and life begins to happen, and we want to make sure that everything's supported, so we've been talking about that. And in doing so, it takes us back to the vision and, and who we are as, as a church and what, what we seek to do and where our heart is as a church. And uh, <clears throat> if you know me, one of the least popular things I like to talk about, and probably most pastors don't like to talk about money, and so, uh, but we're going to talk about money today, as if, as if I don't <laughs> have a problem dropping bombs in here. And <laughs> just being like, yeah, chasing squirrels and talking about crazy things. But, but this, <clears throat> this is really good, and, and what it's done for me is it's really opened my eyes to New Covenant giving, and that's the next three weeks. It's going to be me, uh, Ben, and Buddy. We're going we're to kind of take turns and go through a series, and it's all going to be about New Covenant Church and how we operate as a New Covenant Church. Um, and so we've, it's been really good. We've, we've talked about it. Uh, amongst ourselves, and we've bounced ideas off each other, and, and we're, we're digging deeper and learning more, and so it's all been good. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys to, uh, to be thinking about that, what that means for us to be a New Covenant church, because for me, I've been a pastor for two years, and so I'm still understanding and learning what it means to be a pastor of a, a body of believers and how to best uh, convey our heart for people inside and outside of this church. And so in doing so, I mean... <clears throat> I'm not going to say we're just going to talk about money, but money is going to be part of this. Mainly we're talking about giving. So you, you can take that for what it's worth. We'll get into what that means. Before I start, I've got, I've got kind of a two-fold message here. And before I get into one of the folds, maybe, maybe I can skip one and just get to the other one. And, and so I want to ask you, if, if we can agree on one thing, then we can move on to the other one. If we can't agree on the first thing, then I'll go into it. Does everyone in here agree that the tithe is an old covenant or a law-based teaching that we're not under anymore? Do we agree on that? Yes. Is there any question about that? And it's okay if there is. Is there any question about it? Because we can go into it a little bit deeper. Um, okay, cool. Well, that was easy. So we're not under, we're not under the law to tithe anymore. We, we've established that, and I've got three pages just in case. If you want them, I'll give them to you. <laughs> they talk about it. But I just I, I want to get to the main part, honestly. I, I don't want to... Not that I get bogged down in that, but it, it's just comparing um, basically Malachi. A lot, of, a lot of pastors that I've heard really push tithing, go to, go to Malachi and talking about robbing God. And, and that whole scripture is not about that. It's, it's all pointing towards Jesus. It's all a type and shadow of Jesus fulfilling that. And so we can go into it, but I don't think it's necessary. I think we all agree there. Um, because <clears throat> we've, all been, we've all been moving and flowing in grace for so long, I think we kind of get that. And, I, and I'm going to be completely transparent, as if I'm not always. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> being, being behind the scenes for years, um, even when Mark was pastor, me being youth pastor and, and associate pastor, and learning the things of how church works and functions, um, there, there has to be a flow of money in and out and how that works with, with paying bills or paying staff or whatever that looks like. And you guys, we've got an open book. Melvin's got way more information than you could ever want about... <laughs> It's very good. Listen, it's very good, but it makes my head hurt. When I look at all the numbers, I'm just like, ah, okay, what does this mean? Um, but we have plenty of information for you if you'd like to see exactly where everything falls. We've got nothing to hide there. Um, but there, I, I want to preface this by saying we, we had, and many of you may not know, uh, when our church was established, we had, especially moving over to this building, we had three families that are still tied to this building. Um, that prayed about and, and felt like the Lord was leading them to, to be guarantors for this building. And they're still guarantors for this building, and they're, they are uh, financially obligated um, to 
to make sure this building, if, if we can't pay the bills, they're going to have to pay the bills, and we never want that to happen. Now, having said that, that has never happened. We, we, have, we have always made payment on this building. It's never been a problem, and we're not in trouble. We're not in danger you know, of, of, of losing anything. Everything's okay. But at the same time, what happened was, what had happened was, uh, and what happens, I think, when a lot of people come into grace, when, when Mark began to preach grace and said this years ago when we, we all agreed that we're not under the tithe, giving dropped. It did. Now, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. It just it, it dropped. And here's the thing. I think that's okay. And here's why. I think people need to be free from that fear of, of, of obligation and fear to give. I think there's a season for it to drop, and I think that's okay. The, the problem is a lot of churches that do that begin to panic, especially if the pastor is dependent on that income. And, and, and that makes it very difficult uh, to, to not go back to law. Because you, if you wanted to kind of blend in a little bit of law there, you could pull some back in and, and re- really give a mixed message, which we know we don't want to do and I'm not going to do. Um, but at the same time, you want to make sure everybody's taken care of and you want to make sure that, you know, your bills are paid and those kind of things. And so there's, it's probably a really difficult to deal with some of that. And I'm, I'm only feeling that much lighter than, than Mark and other pastors do who are full-time. As most of you know, I'm, bi- I'm bivocational, so I have a separate income to, to support our family for the most part. <coughs> for the most part. But <laughs> it does. It, it supports our family and we're, we're okay. But, but there's, a, there's a, a tendency to do that. But here's the thing. I, kind of going back to what we're talking. What else is there? I don't. I've kind of put all my eggs in one basket here, and I don't. I think that's the only way to do it. It's all Jesus, or it's nothing. I can't go backwards to law and try to preach law if I think that giving's down. It just doesn't work that way. Why? Because the end goal is not to give to get you to give more money. That's not my end goal. It can't be because if it is, then our church is broken. <laughs> my end goal is to get you closer to the Lord in any way that I can, and to me. And the finance team's not going to like this. But to me, if you're giving out of fear and obligation from an old covenant system, com- compulsory, which we're going to get into in a minute, stop giving. Whoa. For a season. <laughs> stop giving. Seriously. Because I want you to seek the Lord and how to give. Because I want you to draw near to the Lord and how you should be giving. Because that's the end goal is to get you closer to the Lord. Because to be a giver is not about, it's not just about money. It's, it's about a heart. It's a heart issue. Why we do what we do. It's not just, it's not, and I joke around about keeping the lights on the air conditioned. I like both those things. But it's not just that. There's more to it than that. And if, if, if we're not under the law of the tithe anymore and we're under grace, how much more should we be giving? In the same way, we, we are to be representatives of grace and of Christ, and our behavior should reflect that of what he's done for us. So under grace, we should be producing even better behavior and even more giving, because that's what Christ did for us. He gave us abundantly. I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, the first, the first, well, the second verse, most people use the Malachi verse. I'm not going to get into that just for time purposes, um, but we can get into it another time, or, or we can talk about it later about robbing God, and that's bull squash. So um, the next one everybody talks about is Galatians 6, 7. You guys heard this? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he reap. Y'all heard that? And that's usually followed by, you better give. Because <laughs> if you don't, you know, God's, God's, you're not going to reap anything if you don't sow. Now, the problem with that is, other than taking it way out of context and using it just to get people to give, um, is that the end goal is to get more money, right? 
if you give more, then you'll get more. What? You'll, if you give more money, then you'll get more money. That seems a little self-serving, doesn't it? Because it is. <laughs> that's why it seems that way. But that's not what he's talking about. Let's look at it in his, in his context. Um, and, and let me stop there. Before we look at it in his context, the, a lot of the things that follow that also are, if you don't give, these things will happen to you. Like God's going to take it from something. Have you all heard that before? If you don't give, God's going to take something. He's going to make your car break down. He's going to get his money one way or another. Instead of God the Father, we turn him into the Godfather. <laughs> he's going to get his. You know, he's going to take care of business. But that's not, that's not how God the Father works. It's just not how he works. And what, what happens is if we think that, if we think it's, and we, the world, the world, or I will say, uh, unbelievers call it karma, right? Pretty basic karma. You get, it's, it's almost like it keeps the world going around. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. And it's like, like it balances the universe out. Well, Christians, for some reason, have adopted this and, and placed it as in reaping and sowing, and that's not what it's talking about at all. It's just spiritual. You know, we, we're, we're talking about karma. We just put, we put it in God's hands like it's God's karma. Yes. And we're like, yeah, reaping and sowing, same thing. No, it's not. Because what happens is if we think that way, when something, what happens when something bad happens and you think that way? You start backtracking, right? Well, what did I do wrong? Well, I must have messed up. To deserve, or if something good happens, you go, what do we say? Well, I must have done something right. I must have, somewhere, like we have to guess, somewhere I must have been nice. I like didn't kick a puppy or something. I don't know. <laughs> somewhere I must have done something to deserve this. And so what is that called? What do we know that that's called? That's called self-referential Christianity. That's not Christ-centered Christianity. That's, that's old covenant thinking. That's blessings and cursings. I do this and God rewards me. I do this and God smooshes me. <laughs> Smoosh. He smooshes me. He smites me. He smites me. Mighty smiter. Um, let's, look at it, let's look at it in context. Let's go before and after. Let's look at the bookends of the scripture. Uh, Galatians 6.6. 6, this is right before the, the God is not mocked thing. It says, let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Let's stop there. You guys give me a bunch of stuff. That's not exactly what it's saying. But what it's not saying specifically is give money, right? I like pie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not what it's talking about. It's saying in all good things, we give to those who teach us. It's a very basic teaching. I'm, I'm not, that does sound self-serving, but that's, it's just basically saying if you're fed here in our church, give to the church. I mean, if you feel like you benefit from this, then it's okay to give. It's, it's good to do that. Um, it's, it's beneficial, but it's not, a, it's not necessarily an exchange as far as the whole karma thing goes. It's saying, listen, if you're fed the word, all good things, we want to reciprocate that. And it's very basic. It's not do this or don't do this. It's a basic fact. Verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now listen to the following verse. This is the most important one. Verse 8, for he who sows in his, in his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Stop there. He who sows in his flesh will reap of what? The flesh, corruption. What happens when we sow in the flesh? We reap corruption. Listen, he's not saying don't sow in the flesh ever. Because what happens, we sow in the flesh all the time. We buy a car, we buy a house, we buy clothes. These things are all corrupt. They all fall apart, don't they? Everything we take in food, it, it is corrupted. I'm not going to get into detail, but it goes away. And everything that we take on this earth in the flesh will eventually fall apart and die. The flesh dies. So he's just making a statement here. What you sow in the flesh, now here's what happens is, a lot of people will put God in there. Then God makes them reap corruption. He didn't say that. He says the flesh. This is just a law. This is a basic law. You sow into the flesh, you get what the flesh produces. And the flesh produces, 
The flesh produces death. It corrupts. It falls apart. Second part. But he who sows into the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You see, he's just, we've got this idea, and we've been talking about this for, for several weeks, several weeks, not weeks, several weeks, that we want, we want a bad guy, we want a good guy, we want, a, we want everything to be black and white in a lot of this stuff. And he's just stating two facts here of, of cause and result. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you sow into the Spirit, you're going to reap of the Spirit. This is true. You will reap eternal rewards, not just temporary rewards. Rewards. I'm having a hard time speaking today. Temporary rewards. That's a lot of temporary rewards. All right. So if you sow into the flesh, he's just stating facts here. You sow into the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. It's not bad that you necessarily sow into the flesh because we're, we're part of a fallen world and we have to have a house and a car and different things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not either or, it's both and. But know that what you're sowing into, you're going to reap from. If you, if you sow into the Spirit, you're going to reap from the Spirit. This is a basic fact. And he goes on, uh, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So he's saying this again. Do good to everybody. This is a heart issue. We're going to give from the heart. I don't want anybody giving here out of fear or obligation or stress or strife or just so that we can, we can function just so that. Now, do we need to do that? Yeah. We, we have a building. This building will eventually fall apart one day. You know, it's not going to last forever even though we try to maintain it. It is of the flesh and it will fall apart. But we need to function and we need to keep the lights on and the air conditioning going. Now, what's more important here that we sow in the spirit? What's the end goal? Is the end goal to have more money so that we can have a building and we can do lots of churchy things? No, that's not our heart. Our heart is so that we can grow and strengthen relationships within the church and outside the church. Now, what it says here is especially within the body of believers. Why is that so important? Because we need to grow closer to each other and so in, into each other's spirit in this place. We need to be building up eternal. Well, what have we talked about before? Heaven's not just some far-off place, but heaven's in our hearts. When we share that, the end goal and the jewels that we get are the relationships that we build. So you're sowing eternal, eternally into each other in the spirit, especially amongst the body of believers. Why is that? Because we're closer to each other in here. It doesn't mean that we don't sow outside of this place. That's all we talk about is sowing outside this place. But what I want to talk about more today is sowing inside this place. Reaching out and pulling people in and making eternal connections with people that build up in the spirit which lasts for an eternity and it doesn't fall away and it doesn't rust and it doesn't rot. Right? This is sowing in the spirit. This is eternal. This is what we reap is, is, is eternally. We don't reap just things that fall away. We reap eternal things. The whole idea of karma, unfortunately, was nailed to the cross. <laughs> the whole idea of what goes around comes around. Something bad happens. We did something bad. 2 Corinthians 5.21 just crushes that. It says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is absolutely unfair. That is anti-karma. <laughs> That's not what goes around comes around. That's, I got something I didn't deserve because he got something that he didn't deserve. Because he who knew no sin took on sin for us so that now I know sin, but now I can become righteous through him. That is not karma. At all. We think it's so unfair, in fact, a lot of times in churches we try to pay God back, don't we? we go back to the Godfather thing. 
We want to pay God back. Man, you did, you did so much for us. We need to come up with new and creative ways to pay you back. And what happens is we fall back into a law-based system that God has freed us from through Christ. And we begin to do things that he didn't even ask us to do. We begin to operate. And here's, here's where the whole, the whole thing comes from a bit of a mistrust of who God is. If we think that he's only going to bless us if we do the right things and he's going to curse us if we do the wrong things, it's a misrepresentation of who God is. It's a trust issue. It's not that um, if you do this, bad things are going to happen. If you do this, good things are going to happen. Listen, the, the, we were even talking earlier about the prodigal son and the older brother. Those were both fleshly things. They were just on two different ends of the spectrum. One went off and sinned in one way, and one stayed and sinned in another way, right? It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve when you've got a, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and a tree of life. You can eat good fruit off the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you're still eating off the bad tree. <laughs> Does that make sense? You either have the tree of life, you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's, there's no in-between. You can, you can try to do good things over here, and that does not get you over to this tree. <laughs> you can be the younger brother and go out and send up a storm and then come back and be forgiven. You can be the older brother thinking that my dad's not good, and dad's like, you always have had everything that I've had. You, everything that I have is yours. It's not about which one did the right thing or the wrong thing. It's about neither of them had a good, a good representation or a good understanding of who the father was. Do you see the difference? And we get so caught up on we've got to do this and we can't do that. We've got to do this and we can't do that. We need to make sure we do all the right things because God's going to be mad at us and he's going to smite us. He's going to be angry and he's going to be frustrated with us. And what happens is we begin to give compulsory and we give out of fear that God's going to be unhappy with us or that God's going to take something from us. God is a giver. It's who he is. And the reason why we give is because he's created us in his image and he wants us to see how good it is to give. And it is. It is good to give. It is beneficial to you to give. It's beneficial to the people around you to give. It's win, win, win. (laughs) No one has to lose here. We want a bad guy. We want a loser. We want a... We, we want boundaries. We want the bumpers so we don't go in the gutters when we're bowling. <laughs> but also in life, we want the boundaries drawn for us so that, oh, man, here's the, thing, here's the thing that I don't want, and here's what I think cripples real Holy Spirit-led giving is when you begin to operate, let me see how I can put this. When you begin to say, okay, well, I'm going to give my tithe or whatever, and, and, and you'll get into arguments about, is it gross, is it net? And if you're having those arguments, you've missed it. <laughs> Please don't have those arguments. If you, if, if you, say, if, if you say we're selling the loan, we give 10%, the, issues, the two issues you have with that, the first one is, if you leave this place and someone needs something, you don't give it because you've already given your 10%. That's one of the flaws. You say, well, I've already done my duty. Um, the, but, the, but the worst one <laughs> to me is that you're not being led by the Spirit. Because what you can do is you can say, I've already done what I'm supposed to do, and now I don't feel led or obligated to really commune with the Lord in this place. Because this, this is something that I can do, and not be clo- I don't have to be close to the Lord to do this. This is why I said if you're giving out of fear or obligation, and you don't know the Lord's heart, stop giving. Only until you can begin to understand and hear from the Lord, because 
like I said, I've got all my eggs in one basket. I have to trust the Holy Spirit for you to give. I've got no, I've got no backup. <laughs> I can't go back to the law because I know that, that that's been fulfilled in Jesus. I can't go backwards. I can only go forwards. So what I see is if I operate from fear, it's going to do the same thing to you guys. If I operate from fear and I go back and try to pull a little bit out of the law so that I make you give, then now I've, I have essentially polluted the whole church with my fear. And I can't do that. I mean, I just can't do it. I mean, I could, I guess, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and in doing so, my end goal is for you to know the Lord more, not just to give more. Now, I hope that it produces in you a giving heart, and you do give more. I do. I'll be straightforward with that. I hope that it does, but not so that we can have a bunch of great things in here. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not caught up in that. It's so that you guys can grow near to the Lord and other people can be blessed by it. Not only blessed by the actual giving that you do, but blessed that they see how you give and they see how much you trust the Lord in your giving, and they're blessed by that because that changes people's perspective. All the things that we've done, especially outside of the church, we've given money, people are like, What? We did the dollar car wash, and we gave them a dollar, and we washed their car. And we're like, we promised you a dollar car wash. Here's your dollar. And they're like, hmm? I'm sorry, what? No, we want to give you a donation. We're not accepting donations. You want a hot dog? You want some water? Huh? <laughs> you, what? And then they say, your kids are having more fun than the kids down the street that are trying to, trying to get donations. Why is that? Because they're learning, they're learning a lesson. They're understanding that they don't have to always receive something. I want our kids to grow up in this church body knowing that they, they don't grow up with this, this idea that they expect things from people. I want them to grow up knowing that they have something to give. And they can give it freely without expecting something in return. Yes. What, you want to see... Oh, get me started. I need an organ up here. <laughs> you, you think... you Oh, man. You think prayers out of schools, you get kids' minds renewed to what the Holy Spirit is doing in them, and you're going to start seeing schools change from the inside out. You can't stop that kind of Holy Spirit moving. You ain't taking prayers out of schools. You can't take the kids out of the schools. They're there. <laughs> That's pretty simple, right? Until, until, they start, until they start driving the Christians out of school, and, and, and we've we, we still got something to, to, to do. And, and as far as our church body goes, we, and, and Brian knows my heart with this too, you've only got a certain amount of time with them from this until they graduate, and they need to know who they are. They need to have an identity in Christ. So when they leave this place, that they're confident in who they are, and they understand that, and so they go out of this place with something to give, not looking for affirmation from people that are around them, not, not being swayed from every, every influence that comes in their lives, that, they're, that they're solid, they're, their foundation is solid in Christ. And they, and they know that they are not expecting things from other people, but they, they actually have something to give. Man, that's a, you talk about a radical young person, a young person that is confident in who they are and what they have to actually bless people with, you'll, you'll begin to see things happen in the natural because the Spirit's exploding inside them. Ree! Ree! People on the podcast will be like, why is this guy screaming? My hands are making the organ noise for you on the podcast. Or not noise, motion. Ree! <laughs> I agree. It does kind of. <laughs> Don't get me distracted. My mind, my mind's going. Woo, come back, come back. All right. Uh, let's go to Second Corinthians eight and nine. And I want to tell you one thing that's not mentioned in Second Corinthians eight and nine. 
We're not going to read through all of eight. I'm going I'm to just hit a couple points in eight, and then we're going to move on to nine. But one thing that's not mentioned anywhere in there is tithe. And I think there's a reason, because I think Paul got it. Paul understood grace. Paul preached grace. Paul understood the new covenant, and he knew how we were supposed to operate from the heart. Um, 2 Corinthians 8.1 says, and now, brothers, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So he's talking about the Macedonian churches. I just want to establish that in 8.1, and then we're going to jump down to 5, 8.5. It says, and they, talking about the Macedonian churches that have, uh, that have understood grace, they've gotten grace. He says, they exceeded our expectations. Excuse me. They gave themselves... They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So he's, he's um, encouraging them, talking about the Macedonians, that they got it, that, that they exceeded their expectations and how much they loved and how much they gave. And he's excited about it. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 1. This is where we're going to hang out a little bit. And even the Macedonians, it wasn't, it wasn't either or, it was both and as well. They gave themselves the Lord in the Spirit, and they gave of them, themselves the, the, the money that people needed, and they helped people in everything that they needed. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 1, it says, There's no need for me to write to you about the service to the Lord's people. Basically saying, you guys already know this. You guys know this, but I'm going to remind you anyway. Verse 2, For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and... Uh, you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them into action. Now stop there. So their enthusiasm, is, their enthusiasm has stirred others into action. This is part of that um, spilling over into other people and, and blessing other people with the way that we give. And so it stirred them up into action, verse 3. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you, that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come... Come with me and find you unprepared. We, not saying anything about you, <laughs> would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge, you, urge the brothers to visit you in advance to finish the arrangements for the generous gift uh, you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Uh, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Okay, stop there. He, he doesn't mention anything specifically about money here. What did we learn a moment ago? Whatever you sow in the flesh, you'll reap in the flesh. Whatever you sow in the spirit, you'll reap in the spirit. Whatever you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Whatever you, you, you sow uh, in abundance, you'll reap in abundance. You'll get back a lot. <clears throat> the reason why he's not saying anything specifically about money here necessarily is because this works throughout all different facets of our life. It's not limited to money. <laughs> we would be doing it a disjustice if we just said it was just about money. It's not. Listen, whoever, whoever sows sparingly or reaps sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now listen where he goes with this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Now listen, Compulsion is, is, the definition of compulsion is the action or state of forcing or being forced to do something. Now, in the King James, it says, uh, the Greek word is ananke. Ananke. I'm probably saying it wrong. 
but it basically is by law or by duty. And I said duty twice and didn't laugh. I'm having a hard time, but I'm trying. <laughs> just said it. I just said it. All right. So what it's saying is do not give reluctantly or under law. Don't give under the law because you, you think that you have to give. Now listen, he goes on to say, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now that doesn't mean fake laugh when you come up here. That's not what he's talking about. He genuinely wants you to be happy about it. He doesn't want you to, to pretend because the law is forcing you to do it. And you go, <laughs> do like my grandpa used to do, and he would do like this when he's giving me a dollar. I was like, man, you gotta wear a hole in that thing. He's making sure it's just a dollar. <laughs> it's just a dollar, Grandpa. I got places to go. <laughs> but he would he just look at it for like five minutes, making sure he didn't give me anything extra. Um, so don't <laughs> sidebar. Anyway, so for God loves a cheerful giver, verse eight. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now stop there. Is he talking just about money? No. All things, all times, and all that you need. Why? Because in Christ we are blessed in every spiritual blessing. All, all of it is in Christ. Yes, Doug. In my version it says God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that by always having enough of everything, you may overflow in the word. That's good. Because he's, oh, that's good because at the beginning of eight he says, God is able to bless you abundantly. This is not because you do something. Mm -mm. This is grace. This is the truth of what our heart change should produce. So we've got the order mixed up somehow. I don't know how we got that mixed up. Man, we're in a fallen world. So, so we've gotten the order mixed up. We, we want to because what we see, that's how it works. We invest and, and then we get something out of what we invest. But here's the cool thing. God invested in us. <laughs> he, he invested in you. Let that sink in a minute. He saw you in your broken, sinful state and said, I pick you. I want to invest in you. I mean, think about that. I know I'm hanging out here a little bit, but we really need to get this. He saw us in the position that we were in and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to step out here. Without us, without us stepping out, he stepped out, and he stepped down, and he met us right where we were, and he said, I want to invest in you. And I see in you something different than you even see in yourself. And I'm going to produce in you something great from grace. I'm going to, I, I, have the ability, I have the ability to do this, and I'm going to do it through you. And in you. So in all things and all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Look at that twofold. Look, look how, how our righteousness produces. It doesn't say that because we give gifts, we're now righteous. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, basically multiply in the spirit who you are. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Look at the end goal. What's the end goal, to get or to give? No, because we'll, we will see and we will give thanksgiving to the Lord because he's the one that generously gave. He gave. He's the one that gives us bread. He's the one that gives us the seeds to spread. It's not us. 
Verse 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. Listen, this is, this is the end goal. The end goal isn't giving. The end goal is a heart change that produces a giver that spills over into everyone around us that goes, they start scratching their heads and they go, I don't understand. Why, why, are, you, why are you so generous? Why, why are you so cheerful? <laughs> why do you have so much joy in giving? Why? And you say, Jesus. You point them towards Jesus. And so others will praise God for the obedience that, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. That's reaping in the Spirit. Listen to what's happening. They're praying for you now because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his, in, for his indescribable gift. So now when we, when we begin to sow in the Spirit with people, there's a parallel going on. If we give money or we give time or we give whatever it is that we give, there's something happening in the natural, but there's something also happening in the Spirit, right? When we begin to give, something changes in their perspective of who God is, and their mind now is changed. Their mind is renewed to a loving God that cares for them. How? Tangibly through you, through the Holy Spirit in you. They see it. They can, they can touch it. They can feel it. Uh, I made a post the other day about the, tangible, the faith in Jesus, the tangible uh, substance of what we hope for, the thing that we see that we need to hang on to because we can't see a physical Jesus, right? We, we can't see him physically, so we need something tangible. We need something to hang on to. What do we have? The only thing he gave us, which was the most important thing, was the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit in and through us begins to produce tangible things to other people that may look like giving money. It may, it may be giving. That's new covenant. This is new covenant giving is I give because the Holy Spirit is leading me to give here because I care, because I genuinely care for people. I've told you several times when I first began to uh, go to church and went through some discipleship classes and how to reach out to people, unfortunately what was taught to me was um, to, to basically make people feel uncomfortable until they gave their lives to the Lord. And the, the problem was I didn't care about any of those people. And that now, hindsight, that breaks my heart. Now, God... God could speak through a donkey, so he, he could use even those awkward times in Walmart when I was asking people, if you died today, you know, where are you going? And trying to give them some fire insurance and, and giving them pretty easy options. Do you want to burn in hell or go to heaven? Like, hmm, fire bad. You know what I mean? Like, but instead of doing that, now on understanding this side, on this side of understanding grace through faith in Jesus and understanding the heart of the Father, now I, I genuinely care for people. It's not just about, you know, another check or trying to get another jewel in my crown one day when I go to heaven because that's going back to self-referential Christianity. No, I just want to point people to Christ because I know that that benefits them right now, today, and it benefits you too. So in New Covenant giving, with, with everything that we do, it is an outward expression of what's happened inside us. Not the, we don't do it as a means to an end. We do it because of who is inside of us, and we do it because... We don't do it compulsory out of an obligation, out of law, out of, out, of, uh, out of duty, out of something that we have to do. We do it because we genuinely care for the church. We care for the leadership of this church. We care for the people in the church because it, ble- it overflows and blesses everyone in here. And we care for everyone else. And we also feed ourselves because we care for ourselves and we know that we're designed to be givers. And so we operate from what we're designed to do. <laughs> and so it fits. It fits. 
So I want to challenge you with this, and I don't do this very often. I'm not much for, hey, I want to challenge you kind of thing. But I want to challenge you in this. Seek the Lord in giving, whether it's at this church or just giving to other people, because it's not either or, it's both and, right? If you give here, give out there too. If you give out there, give in here too. It's not, it's, this isn't, we, we, Jesus simplified a complicated message, and we tend to complicate a simplified message. This is not complicated. He created you to be a giver. Give. It benefits the people around you, and it benefits you. That could be it in a nutshell. I could just say that, and we could have got out of here and got early lunch. This goes along with loving God and loving people. Simple, right? So I want to challenge you. And here's the thing. <laughs> this should be easy. But sometimes it's not. I want to challenge you to genuinely seek the Lord in this. Pray about it. Today, tomorrow, tonight, whenever. Pray about it. Lord, how am I supposed to give? What does this look like? And I promise you, he will speak to you. It may be audibly. It may not be audibly. It may be through conversation with a friend. It may be through a vision or a dream or whatever it is. The Lord will, is, is I'm fully confident in the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I told you, all my eggs are in one basket. <laughs> I got no... I got no, I got no, you know, second choice. I trust the Holy Spirit to do in you things that I couldn't do through fear and manipulation. I don't want to do that, but at the same time, I trust, I trust the Lord in those places where I don't trust myself enough to be smart enough to try to trick you into doing it. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, unfortunately, I've been a part of, of some systems like that that are machines that just want to get more money so we can be successful. I want you to know that that's not the heart of me as your pastor or the leadership of this church. Our goal is not to make a bunch of money so we look successful and we can have a bunch of programs. Our heart is to, to draw you nearer to the Lord and everyone that comes in this place sees it in you, on you, and through you. And that just a part of that is giving. Pretty simple. Amen. we got a few minutes. We, we want to take a few questions or statements. Well, of course we do. We already have a hand up. Tracy, can you be my MC? I don't know where uh, you got the mic. So, Andrew's Andrew's done R U N O F T. He done run off. Brunch. It's kind of it's kind of like we've been giving Daddy a, a tie every year for Father's Day. Giving a tie. Uh, <laughs> giving a tie. Give him a tie. You know, a shirt and a tie every year. Shirt and a tie. Shirt and a tie. Because that's what we're obligated to give. But he's our. He's our dear father. He's a good, good father. And it would be good to find out what he would really like for Father's Day. That's good. That's a good point. Uh, or like a gift that, card. I don't know what you want. Just yeah, take a gift yeah, card. Have a gift card. But maybe he doesn't want the same shirt and tie. Hey, that, and that reminds me of something real quick. I'll tell you. Bill's got something over here. But I'll tell you this. This reminds me of something. Um, one Christmas, uh, I ended up buying a, a, a family member. A really, I, They had just moved into a house. I bought them a really expensive uh, surround sound because I like stereo stuff and I was like I could get them a cheap one and they would be happy with it but I want to bless them I want to give them a really cool one and so I, I tried to find the best deal I could but I got them a nice high end surround sound system and I was so proud of that and they gave me they gave me a belt buckle <laughs> but listen listen but at the time and this was really ridiculous I don't know where my style was at the time but I really they, they remembered that I said that I wanted this specific belt buckle but I didn't want to it wasn't a very expensive belt buckle I just thought it was really cool and they, but they remembered that I liked it and that to me meant as much to me as the expensive stereo did because it came from the heart, right? So, yeah. So to expand on what you just said, it's kind of like 
the wrong way to look at this is when I was a kid <clears throat> and I told my mom, Daddy would really like that toy truck. <laughs> and if he doesn't want it, I can play with it. <laughs> that's the wrong way to look at it. Okay, I was like, where are you going with that, Bill? No, no, it's, you know, <laughs> trying to get something. Oh, yeah, yeah, trying to get something back, right. Well, what, I, what I've heard, too, real quick, um, you know, if you... <laughs> You know, and, and I didn't, I, I've got on my other th- two or three pages some of the other scriptures that people will try to manipulate, and it's like if you give, you'll get this much in return, and and pressed down and shaken together, and it's like those were taken way out of context too. Listen, if if you're giving so that you can get something back, you're giving with wrong motives, and the Bible tells us that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, go ahead. I was taught for a long time to give till it hurts, and what I've done in the last couple of years was give till it felt good. And what I mean by that is not like it made me feel good, but I felt like it, you know, it was what God wanted me to do through prayer, which brings me to another point. Giving is a, is a worship. It's a form of worship. Oh, yeah. Amen. And Amen. so as we worship, basically what worship is, I mean, in my opinion, this is the Nick definition, um, <laughs> is really just acknowledging God's working in my life. Amen. Yeah. And so when we, when we sing the songs and, and you're doing your thing or whatever, the kids were dancing, you know, that's their form of worship. That's, that's their time with God. And so is the thing with money. If, if we feel good about what we're doing and God's, you know, reciprocated that in our heart, then I feel like it's going to be the right thing and there is no wrong. You yeah, know what I'm saying? that's good. The NIV, the Nick International Version. I like it. <laughs> it's all about surrender. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it was. But here's, here's, the, here's the key to that, though, too. It's voluntary surrender. It's not because... We, we are not like the angels that we're forced, not forced to, but we're designed to, and that's just what we do. He's given us a choice to. So when we do it, what happens is we, do, we feed our own souls because we, we worship the God that created us, and he says, this is awesome. This is like a fragrant. This, is, this smells good. This is, <laughs> I almost went off on this. Never mind. This is good. <laughs> the essential oils thing. Go ahead. I was going to make jokes, but I'll probably offend everybody. I was just going to say, this conversation came up this week with me and my aunt. We were on the phone, and I can't even remember what we were talking about. I think she was talking about Robert's business or something like that. And I said, uh, yeah, it's doing good. And she goes, well, y'all tithe, right? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we go to church, we tithe, but it's not like that. Yeah. You know, we're not. And she said, well, you're, you must tithe really good because Robert's business is really good. <laughs> And I said, well, actually, it's just because of good work. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he does a good job. It's an he wakes job. up early and goes yeah. to work. <laughs> it's not really because we tithe, though. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> it's listen, and listen, here's the thing. That's not bad. He, he is sowing into the flesh, and he's receiving money. And money's not bad. He, he's operating in the, in the realm that we that you're operating in. But here's the thing. If we're not, we don't worship the money. Exactly. <laughs> right? Do, do you see the difference there? It's not... Wake up, go to work, make a living, you know, support your family, however that looks. That's not bad. That's not wrong. But we have to realize that that's not our God and that's not our source. When we give, that's what we're expressing through worship is that, Lord, you are going to supply all my needs. It doesn't mean give until it hurts or give until you're broke or, or you know, financially cripple yourself. You know, that's why we don't accept credit cards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like we, we want you to, it's not the amount that you give. That's not it. It's from the heart. And from the heart should lead you to give whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to give. So anyway, so it's, it's, it's the heart issue. Money's not bad. Anyway, I don't get off, get off on a tangent. Rick. 
Not Rick. You're behind Rick. Fred. It, it reminds me of uh, philosophy. <laughs> Rick, of now life. you have to say something. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the philosophy of our life is to, to glorify God and to bless other people. Yep. We want to see the kingdom of God advance. And it never really made a lot of sense to me till I heard an unsaved person say, what's your goal in life? And he didn't give me a chance to answer. He says, make money, make money fast, make it as much as you can. That was his goal in life. Wow. You know, and so, yeah, he made money. But that, you know, our philosophy of life is not oriented towards making money. Yeah. You know. And it's I, and just, I, it just it, you know, Jesus gives you freedom from that. Yeah. Money is a harsh taskmaster. It is. And I want to I say this, too, before we close. I want to encourage you guys. I've seen, um, and none of this was, to, I hope you don't feel like I was trying to beat you guys up about money because I'm not. And I'll say this, too, just like Paul was encouraging uh, the church in Corinth and the Macedonians. And I want to encourage you guys. I have seen you guys give from the heart, from the Holy Spirit. I've seen you give to each other. I've seen you give to this church. I've seen you receive when you needed it, humbly and and. I've been a part of both ends. I've given and I've received, and it's it's both of them are very, very much forms of worship, very much forms of trust. And so, please be clear that I'm not trying to, you know, beat you up. And you guys know my heart. I'm not trying to do that. It's just it's just refreshing ourselves of of what we do and why we do it. And and as we go into, we are going to be talking about budget coming up because our fiscal year is ending and. So we want to be praying about this stuff. We want to know, and I want you guys to know where our heart is in this church. If you're giving into our church, you need to know where our heart is. And our heart is to grow, to grow us inside here and people that are coming in deeper into relationship, not just to create some big machine that looks good. And so you know that, that our heart is to, to bless you guys and to bless people outside of this place. And we have no ulterior motive. There's nothing else. We got, we, that's all we got. We got Jesus, and we're going to preach the gospel. You'll hear it in many different ways, many different styles, Many different things. You'll hear, you'll hear Buddy preach, and you'll hear Ben preach, and you'll hear some others in here preach. We're all going to say the same thing in different ways, and we're all preaching Christ. So it's, it's, a, it's a very simple message. So stand up with me. I'll let you guys get out of here so you can go to cruise on the coast or eat some food or something. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I, I thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit leading, leading us in everything that we do. Father, I thank you for speaking to Lydia that, that uh, she heard from you that someone needed prayer and... and uh, Lord, I pray for Doug right now, Father, whatever he's dealing with and he's going through. Lord, I pray that you bless him abundantly, overflowing. Lord, it's, it's, uh, it's in your heart to do that. You're a giver. And so, Father, I just pray that you bless him in anything that he's dealing with. Lord, I pray as a, as a church body, Father, that, that um, we recognize how blessed we are in you. And so, Father, as we operate inside this place and outside this place, Lord, you've created us to be givers. Lord, our, our cars run on gas and we run on Holy Spirit and we, we do well when we listen to you and when we let you lead us. You're not just some, some, uh, some angry Holy Spirit with a rod and staff to beat us over the head, but you protect us. <laughs> you follow us everywhere we go and you lead us out of those places that, that we, we get ourselves into and you lead us to lands of milk and honey and you lead us to blessings. And so, Father, thank you that you lead us to operate from your Spirit. So help us to focus on that today and throughout this week, Lord, that we would hear from you and we would see in, in, in every relationship and every divine appointment that you make for us, Lord, that we would see it um, vividly in the Spirit, Lord, and we would just listen to you um, and be blessed by it in Jesus' name. Amen.